Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach, and let's build that million-dollar pipeline together. Text the word MONEY to 844-949-1984. That's the word MONEY to 844-949-1984 to begin your million-dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Everyone, welcome back to Blue Collar BS with co-hosts Steve Doyle and myself, Brad Herta. Uh, This week, we've been struggling to come up with topics. However, Steve came across a very interesting publication on that great social media platform, Facebook. That has us both kind of scratching our heads. I guess, Steve, I'd like you to uh, let's let's break down this post and see where it takes us in today's conversation and how how some generational differences and thought processes might be at play here. Yeah. So this post came across this morning, and what it says is people in America say all manufacturing jobs have gone overseas. It's not even close to being true, but okay, whatever. How many of you would be willing to work making toys, textiles, or shoes for 12-hour shifts at 15 bucks an hour? We can ask companies to move these jobs back here in the U.S., but you would be paying a hell of a lot more for these items. At any rate, even a person making $15 an hour could barely make ends meet, especially a single person with kids. A lot of jobs like this are typically available till the pandemic. Unemployment has been below 5% since the financial crisis and the pandemic. People can find jobs making 12 to 15 bucks an hour in both service and manufacturing with relative ease, yet they are still the working poor. Income too high to qualify for government assistance, but not enough to feel financially secure. Bringing more manufacturings to the jobs won't raise wages. It will make goods more expensive. Well, essentially, the people complaining are looking for someone to blame. So yeah, Brad, that, let's, uh, that, that let's blew my mind that when, I, when I, when I blew my mind and I read through that, I'm like, huh, that is uh, a very, very interesting take. I guess 12 hours a day, 15 bucks an hour. I don't know of many organizations that are working 12 hours a day unless it's overtime. Yep. So now 15 goes to 22 and a half for 33% of your day. Right your income of that baseline of 30 is now somewhere in that 40 to 45 range. Mm-hmm. I, I'm somewhat confused by the argument there. And the other part that I get really, really frustrated with is that's the entry level. Yeah. That's the baseline in the manufacturing area, right? That's a baseline number. So what's preventing you from going from $15 to 18 to 22 to 25, other than traditionally it's time and seat before you get the raise. Mm-hmm. But let's just talk. I mean, first, we've got all of that out there. Let's talk perception. Got those that have had the time in the seat. They're clearly not making $15 an hour. They, you know, they're upwards of 20 something. Some should be. Some should be. Yes. Yeah. So 
that's a whole nother topic. Let's just say we've got our, our baby boomers. They're, they're well, well further than that $15 an hour in manufacturing. And here we have the um, Gen Z's coming in at around that $15 or so an hour and looking at it going, why am I making 15 and Bob and Susie over there are making well more than me and we're doing the same thing. What is the motivation as posted in the, you know, on that post, what's the motivation to go out and seek a 15, 12 to $15 an hour job, knowing that you're going to be sitting next to somebody that has had their time in the seat getting paid more than you. What, what's in it? What's in it? What's interesting. I had this conversation earlier this week, with a client that I'm working with it comes down to you're paying for results. Or are you paying for wisdom? Mm-hmm. That person coming in that's starting out, they're paying for results because there is no wisdom there yet. There's no knowledge. There's no experience or it's, or it's minimal. Mm-hmm. So that person that's been there for 25 years, you're paying for their wisdom and the fact that they're not turning over that position, you know, because employee turnover is, you know, anywhere from hundred percent to 140% of somebody's wages from a turnover perspective. So you don't want to have that. So you end up paying the extra dollars a year to make that not happen. And at some point, yeah, it might get out of balance, but you're paying for the wisdom over Mm -hmm. that period of 20 to 25 years, along with performance. The hard part is, as people mature and go through their jobs, performance goes down, wisdoms go up, and that might not necessarily be the appropriate long-term pay structure. And and now we're trying to fight windmills with toothbrushes by talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that analogy. (laughs) The, The whole concept. So... Obviously, we're talking $15 an hour here. We're talking entry-level wages and the whole fact of reshoring, bringing jobs back to you know the U.S. standpoint of, I want all these goods made in the U.S. You know, The government wants this done. People want this done. But what's it really going to do ultimately to the cost of goods sold here in the U.S.? It's going to increase it. It's no different than the Minimum Wage Act that's being talked about in service yep. industries, right? $15 an hour bartender... Okay, fifteen dollar an hour uh, wait staff at McDonald's working the counter. Okay, you can do that. It'll get autom- It'll get automated out, and uh, you'll have a reduction of of people on premise, and the culture will change. Yeah. The question will be: Will can will the consumer adjust or not adjust? Because mm-hmm. you've been paying, let's say you've been paying five bucks for a Happy Meal. Now you're going to pay ten bucks for a Happy Meal, maybe seven fifty. When breakfast becomes thirty dollars for two people for scrambled eggs, hash browns, and toast. Yep. Are you kidding me? Right. But that is, that is the nature when we're talking raising minimum wage. Let's get back into the, the whole thing of $15 an hour starting out, especially in the uh, blue collar space. Cause I can, I had this discussion with some of my clients on their starting wages. And the thing that holds true, even especially when we started working is why well, I had to start somewhere and I had to climb the ladder. Right. This is where I started 15 years ago. I started at $15 an hour and I worked my way up. Does that count for inflation? Because the mindset is, is still, well, they're going to start at $15 an hour. I don't care if it's been 15 years or 20 years or 30 years, you're going to start at 15 an hour. And when you take fast food and other industries that are not, I don't want to call them unskilled, but compared to skilled labor for sake of terms to be used here, 
mm-hmm. when other industries' wages increase and yours don't, in comparison of value, your industry becomes devalued and be lo- and looked at just like everything else. Right. I can bust my hump all day, 12 hours a day, and make these things and go through that repetitive piece, or I can go to you know, a local coffee shop, only work four hours, still make $15 an hour, mm-hmm. but I have far less stress and headaches potentially. Right. It's very similar when organizations go through, you know, reevaluation of their job and their, of their benefits. I went through mm-hmm. this myself when I was doing my hiring. I brought people in three years after I started close to what I was making at that time as their managers. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm like, okay, how does this work? At the end of the day, it would work itself out. I can understand some of the frustration when we're comparing it to other industries or scope of work, you know, in the dark, dingy manufacturing segment, Mm -hmm. dark, dingy, dirty, dangerous environment versus working in office as a receptionist or working in office as a clerk or inside salesperson for the same, same wage. Those are life choices to make. Mm -hmm. Do you have pride in yourself and what you do and making things and supporting other people? You know, those, those toys, fabric, shoes, whatever that is, people consume those. Right. If you want to take it down the altruistic path of the generational shift, mm-hmm. you are making a difference in the world by making those products and goods. Sure. Right? I mean, you could, sure. you could, you could spin that argument potentially. Potentially. So what advice would we give? Let, let's, let's work backwards. What advice would we give those Gen Zs coming into the workforce when they're rolling their eyes going, $15 an hour isn't enough? for what and when and for how long is the question. Well, it is the it is the question. The flippant response that we typically get is I'm not working for 15 bucks an hour. So then you're not going to work or what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So are mommy and daddy going to take care of you until you're 26 and then you got to figure it out? <laughs> well, no, I'm already 26 and I'm still not going to work for, I have not started working and I'm not going to work for $15 an hour part of the gig, gig economy. And that's, and that's all well and good. Um, but from the manufacturing side, we need people to come in and take that and say, yes, it's the start. And we need business owners to look at their businesses differently to show people a path to go from 15 to 18 to 22 to 24. And that journey isn't 26 years. Right. And that's where I think a lot of people, both those in the skilled space and business leaders and owners fall down immensely is they're not providing the path and they're not asking about the path. They're asking to set expectations. So you're saying in six, so I'm going to flip the script, right? I'm Gen Z millennial, flip the script and go, okay, so I'm going to start out here at 15 in three weeks. I'm should be making 18 because I'm going to learn all the skills that I need to do this job that's repetitive. So I should be ready for management in six months. Because yep, we've bet. had those conversations, I right? And most of us just want to just, you know, we stand, we sit there and we're, I shoot out of our head going, are you really just saying this right now? Unfortunately, that's the words that are coming out of that, those generations mouths with their set of expectations to lay it out there. Cause we've taught them to think big, think, you know, go big or go home. So what do they do? Well, I'm just going to walk. I hear what you're saying. It's a problem and we need to figure out a way to allow the boomers to listen to those concerns and address the issue and provide that path. The middle ground is some of the issues. I don't think the issue is going to be in that 23 and under crowd right now. Mm -hmm. It's that 24 to 36 ish range. Mm -hmm. Our millennials and and Gen Xers. 
mostly millennials. Mostly millennial side where everything should be instantaneous. Mm-hmm. And that gap between, and the Zs are getting screwed because they're being lumped into it and they hate it. Yep. And the tail end of the Xers like yourself hate it, mm-hmm. even though you claim you're at the tail end of the X. I'd like to you see the birth certificate. I'd like to see the birth certificate first to make sure. <laughs> I think we might have to do a blood test, see how many rings are on that oak tree, maybe. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You see a let's lot count, of them. Let's count the rings. rings. See a lot of rings. But but it's true. You've got that middle group that's going, well, listen here. They're demanding the world. I've been here for, you know, my time in the seat has significantly increased. And yet I'm going to have Johnny here that's making a dollar less than me come in? Like, seriously? What have I been doing wrong? Because I've been here. I've been a loyal I've been a loyal employee. What the hell is going on? And part of it's self-inflicted within the industry because they were, were paying people significant amount of dollars to show up every day, whether they're actually a good employee or not. We're, we're paying people a lot just to show up. Mm-hmm. And setting those expectations and those guidelines is really not being done. Hey, you showed up today. Awesome. Got a participation trophy. Yeah, it's called a check. <laughs> it's called a check every second Friday. It's just baffling to me to to have that statement come out and saying uh, it'll make good products more expensive. Essentially, people are complaining and looking for someone to blame. I'm like, looking for someone to blame for what? Mm-hmm. The reshoring of of manufacturing back to the U.S. is an opportunity to create to create jobs, create wealth, create opportunity. And if the millennial crowd can put together the capital and find a better way to do it, it's going to create massive opportunities for wealth mm-hmm. in certain industries and segments. Uh, you just look at the 3D printing world as an example. Right. That is not a boomer-led opportunity or X-led nope. opportunity. Nope. That is a highly, oh, let's start making this stuff out of my basement. Mm-hmm. And that is going gangbusters. Additive manufacturing, that is not a boomer issue. That is a, a young man's sport right now. Mm-hmm. And there's opportunity to glore that is going to create be created because others are going to go slow. By reshoring, we get the opportunity to bring people back and, and provide, yes, it's a $15 wage. Is that poverty level? Maybe if it's a family of four. Completely get it. Understand. Does it suck? Absolutely. But it's the beginning. It's not the end. Right. We all have our own opportunities to do more, do better, do whatever. I don't under, there's opportunity out there. It's still a land of opportunity. Yeah. And I think you've hit on the point is when we're talking $15 an hour, $12 an hour, we have to keep in mind that this is the beginning of the journey. Yeah. Does the journey, is the journey a long ride? Yep but it's the beginning. And that's where we lose sight is, oh, we're talking about $15 an hour and that should be a good salary, a good wage. Yes, it's going to drive up the cost of goods, but it's the start. It's You're at the starting line. You're not at the finish. And if more people really understood, this is where we're going to be starting at instead of focused on, oh, this doesn't pay my bills right now. No, what pays your bills is you showing up to work every day, doing your job to earn the paycheck and doing it day in, day out exceeding expectations earns the ability, doesn't earn the right, it earns the ability to be offered a raise. And that's what most people aren't thinking about. They just focus on the true dollar amount. I'm stuck at that level all along. Nope. But you got to work to move up. Creating those tiers and those opportunities is what's important. I had a uh, distributor of mine that we were working with and they, you know, order filler. So this is, these are the types of jobs this guy is talking about that $12 order filler, picking parts, filling up boxes and going forward, right? It's a 12 to $17 an hour job, depending upon where you're at. 
but we work to create the opportunity to know, hey, this is what you get at level one. This is what you get at level two. This is what you get to level. You meet these results and these expectations. You can earn yourself a raise. It's not going to happen overnight. You need to demonstrate performance. You need to demonstrate consistency. You need to meet these requirements, but you have the opportunity to move up and down in these scales based on your performance and your skill set and your ability and your results. And then they're going to add a the wisdom piece to it. Here's the performance side of it. And then we're going to add the tenure side of it. And those things are going to mesh. And we made, we created a, a program to go down that path. When we started talking about it, it was, huh, this seems kind of crazy. Right. But, but when you start looking at the details, it started making sense because it allowed leaders of all areas of all generations to be able to set expectations and have those conversations differently than I just don't like you. <laughs> you you have too many tattoos and too many earrings and nose piercings and whatever. I just don't like you. But that person could be the best damn employee they got on the floor. Uh-huh. And you're going to pay them because now you've set the expectations based on results, not based on whether I like you or not. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a challenge, but we got through it. But it's a start and people need to know where the start is and you need to show them where they can go. Totally agree. No, that was some uh that was a good conversation. There's so much more to unpack in there as well. I don't know if we have time to go through all of those things today, but we can figure it out going forward and understand uh, why the blame is coming out. I don't understand that part, but we can maybe figure it out next time we chat or find a different topic. Yeah. Totally interesting on the blame side. Great conversation today, Brad. Well, I appreciate it. As always, Mr. Stephen Doyle. All right. Well, thank you, Brad. All right, man. Have a uh, excellent weekend. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS. Brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue-collar businesses strong for generations to come.